Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir, the Nishmas Rosenbos Rachachana, the sister Velet Bos Rachachana, as in Nisim, and Mashavas Yitzchak. I guess we could do this still Shim Ben Yitzchak too. Jamtiv. Chai El. Rabbi, was the question this morning. The other minion, they didn't say Tachnan. Is because Chayel? Well, Baruch Hashem, the Rabbi doesn't talk in his tefillin, so he couldn't answer. Do we say Tachnan Chayel? Chassidim would say it's a hergish, it's a feeling. Um, my personal gauge is the safer called Hayyim Yim. In which, when there are days we don't say Tachnun, The Rebbe writes, we don't say Tachn. The Tachn is not recited. So if it's not in Ayyem Yem, there's a second draw that people look into, it's, it's Kel Chabad, it's the calendar, Loch Kel Chabad. Generally, according to the Hedigish. My question always is, Chaim, if you're not dressed in Big Day Shabbos, you're not dressed in garments of Shabbos, is it really up to him? You want to live in both worlds? I gotta go to work, as you gotta go to work. You gotta go to work, but it's Yomtev. It's Yomtev enough for you not to say Tachnun. Enough. Not going there. We're not being made Salaz and Yidin Chasashon. We're not gonna speak badly about Yidin. This is Elul. We're preparing for Rosh Hashanah, Kippur, Sukkot, all the Ashpas, all the lights that we will receive. But today is not just Elul. Today is Chai Elul, the 18th day of Elul, the Yomtev. It's a Yomtev. We'll explain for those who are not aware of what the Yomtev is. But first and foremost, before we explain the Yomtev of Chayel, we want to once again reiterate <laughs> All women out there at seven months to Pesach <laughs> On the day after Pesach if a, the husband puts the safer down on the table, the wife starts screaming, it's almost Pesach, what are you putting on the table for? Women's lives revolve around Pesach, Baruch Hashem. Mitzvah, it's a mitzvah, they beautify the mitzvah, they do it very, very well. And Baruch Hashem, 
they should never have any more anxiety or traumas in life except for Pesach. Amen, Kenyan For the rest of the world, an alert, Chayel is 12 days to Rosh Hashanah. It's 12 days to Rosh Hashanah. If you're a Sephardi, the Sephardic descent, and the Sephardic customs, they've been saying, Slichus and Shashedish El. So they know Rosh Hashanah is on its way. If you're Ashkenazi, you start Slichus this month to Shabbos Mitzvah. Mitzvah Menucha. And this year, Slichus will be the entire week. Because Slichus needs to be a minimum of four days. Since Rosh Hashanah is Monday and Tuesday, Abba'alein on the Teva, therefore, Slichus will be the entire week, starting Matzai Shabbos Kedish, because it has to start Matzai Menucha. Most congregations have a custom to say Slichus after Chatzais, which is usually 1 o'clock in the morning. There are those for safety reasons will say it at 10 o'clock at night, or just plain they can't stay up that late. And since the rest of the week everything is always said by Ashkamas Abeker early morning, some will even say it Sunday morning very early, which is very rare because it's Matzah Shabbos we have to say it. Then there are those that have a custom every night to say Slichas instead of saying it early morning, they say it at 10 o'clock the night before. We are not going to get into the myriad of customs, it's not our business. Each one turn to your own rabbi and ask him, Rabbi, what are we doing? Chayel, 12 days to Rosh Hashanah. What does 12 days represent? 12 days represents the 12 months of the year. Chayel, we start intensely doing, not just we start at Rosh we start intensely with Cheshbon HaNefesh of the year. Making a Cheshbon, what did we do this year? How were we this year? How did we behave this year? Since we can't do it all in one day, it's a long year. Every day, starting Chayel, we do one month. In other words, Chayel, we sit down and we think through what happened last year, Tishrei. And we make Cheshmer and Nefesh. Did I daven properly Rosh Hashanah? Did I do everything on time? Did I keep all the customs, the meal? Did I make sure to hear Shefer Behidur? All the things that we need to think about last year Rosh Hashanah, all the year, things we need to think about all the things we need to think about that happened last Yom Kippur Shem Hashem the four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot the whole Sukkot what did we do 
How is our behavior? How do we live? How do we do? Kaparis before Yom Kippur. And then Shabbos Bereshis, those last few days I squeezed in before Ashkedish Cheshvan, there was still Tishrei. How did I behave those days? For those of us to keep a diary on a daily basis, Ashrenu, open up our diary, we know exactly what we did. I don't keep a diary. And I daven and pray about it. I listen to it and I say, I go over my month. <coughs> I say, I hope I did it right. I hope that everything went well. I hope I behaved. I hope I spoke nicely. I hope I spoke clearly. I hope I spoke friendly to a fr- to another person. I didn't insult anybody, I didn't curse anybody out, I didn't embarrass anybody. I hope that the words that came out of my mouth were worthy for you to hear from Tvila, from my learning. I hope. Can I say that I did so for sure? No. However, what I do know and I do want to do is I want to make, to do tshuva if I did something wrong. And to take on achlata, take on resolution for the better, uh, better year next. Yeah. Tomorrow we do that for Chedish Cheshvan, the next day for Kislev, etc., etc. Other, both others get one day, so you got to really cram. An interesting minig. It's brought down in Shekhanarach, which is, I don't know very many people keep. It's the fast to says Mechua. Ten days of says Mechua to fast. However, Rashani, you're not allowed to fast. You keep a, you're fasting, okay. And there's some Gedali in the middle, so you're fasting as well. So to make up for it, the day, the two days they're missing in the middle, Rosh Hashanah, they fast the Monday and Thursday of Slichas. These people are called Anshe Maise. Um, Some people will call them lunatics. They'll be mocked. Who do you think you are? We don't fast today's days, except for the ascribed fast days. We don't, we don't add fast days. All the things that people will say all the comments that people will make. The main bottom line, starting a chayel, we have charata ala ovar and achalata teva ala osid. Regret for the past and resolution, a good resolution for the future that we're going to make this right, we're going to do it right. Happy birthday. Good job, Tiff. Yud Chai El Yud Chesel is the emeletus of two great luminaries. The birthday 
על דבר שם הקודש, בישראל בר שם טוב, אני פרטי על דה אלטר אבא. דה אלטר אבא זה נאם ושניאר זלמן. שניאר is a word that's compiled of two words, שני אר, two lights, two luminaries. ואלתרבי רוט שולחן ערך, ואלתרבי רוט טניה. שולחן ערך being a staple, a basis on נגלו דה תירה, the revealed parts of תירה, and טניה on the נסטר. on the hidden parts, a satirical part of Tehra. This in itself is Shnei'er, is the two lights with which the Al-Tarebbe illuminated the world. And we know all the stories, we're not talking about Nayyutas Kisla, we're talking about the Al-Tarebbe himself. The Rebbe writes, we should utilize this day to strengthen ourselves in mitzvahs and customs, chassidus, especially the mitzvah of Ahavas Yisrael, which is very, very difficult, upon which so much of chassidus is based, and we should increase our learning of chassidus on this very day. Rebbe Baruch was a simple worker, He worked for Rabbi Avram. Rabbi Avram really became very close with him, treated him like a son. Finally, suggested he marry his daughter Rivka, which they were very happy to do. And of course he said, he still wanted to sit and learn, but he wanted to provide his own Parnassah. His father gave him a garden, a land, a piece of land, a patch of land, and he was able to sustain himself and even support others from it. First year, the couple... not blessed to the child, but they said, decided that on Chayel, that on birthday the next year, sorry, they wanted to get married on Chayel. They wanted to get married on Chayel, however, Chayel the next year was on Shabbos, so it was decided that the Chassanah would be on Matzah Shabbos. And as the Chassanah came closer, they decided to do it on Friday afternoon, and the Suda was on Shabbos, which is Chayel. A couple of themselves settled in the Yajna. And the next El, both Rebaruch and Tzirivka, traveled to Mezhebush to spend the month of Tishrei with the Baal Shem HaKadosh. On Chayel, they went into the Baal Shem Tov, and the Baal Shem Tov told them, they asked for a bracha for a child, Hashem have told them that exactly a year from today you will have a child. During that month, the Hashem who usually 
was very, very serious, very, very in great fear and trembling throughout Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, this year was jubilant. It's a whole different demeanor. And obviously the Chassidim were oblivious to what was going on, but only the Bashem Tov understood. And it was on a later occasion that the Bashem Tov actually explained that in that year a very special new neshama would come down to this world. He didn't know who though would merit to have this child. It was a very inspirational month. At the end of the month, Baruch and his wife, the Rebetzin, Rivka, came to for a bracha, a bracha of Pereda, going away. And she saw, how the Bashemta was so, so in great spirits and how the uplifting the whole month was. She knew for sure that this would be, the bracha would be, would come into fruition. <laughs> and she told the Bashemta as she was parting, Hashem, the bracha will come through. I will see to it that this child will study Teda, Aveda, and they will be raised in the spirit of the Vashem HaKadosh. Again, the Vashem gave them a bracha and they traveled home. Evitzivka herself put together a, a whole regimen, a study program, mitzvahs, special mitzvahs, that she would do throughout her upcoming pregnancy. In due, due time, she brought her husband, Mrs. Tevis. Vashemta's bracha was being fulfilled, and she was indeed pregnant. In other Shani, early other Shani, the Baruch once again traveled to Mezhbush. Vashemta was very happy to hear and asked, Do they know about when she became pregnant? They said, Around Yutes Kislev. He told Rabbanach to say the Baruch HaShachiyonu without Shem Malchus and said go home immediately and tell Malotov to greetings to the Rebetzin and gave a bunch, a whole list of things that she should be careful of. The Baruch journeyed home, a very happy man and lo and behold on Wednesday, Chayel Tov Kufhei Hashem Tov had predicted Rebetzin gave birth to a little boy. And the next Wednesday, obviously, was his Bismila, which he was called Shnei Zalman. Meanwhile, on that day, Chayel, Mezhbush, Bashem came back from Mikveh, Wednesday morning. It was his 47th birthday, according to the, some opinions. And in which, until that point, Vashanta was saying Kapitel Memzayin, which is the Kapitel Pedic that we say before Tkia Shefer, very, very holy paragraph. 
And now, he would be starting Memches, which is, which has the Pasuk, God Lashem, Rav Tuvcha, Hashem, and That was ultimately the Vimaschal. Of the first name that the Al said. That day the Moshev to Davin for the Omid. Never did. Very rarely did. It was a great simcha. Nobody understood what was going on. I sat down to a big suda. This is a day, Kumiyeri, as is brought down in the after of that week. A nunishama descended on this world. And although it will go through tremendous mysterious nefesh, it will bring chsidus to the world. Explain the positive This one will comfort us. Until Neach was born, mankind did not have any tools or knowledge how to make the earth yield produce. Neach's arrival gave the people comfort and eased the daily drudgery and showed them how to plow and plant. After the Chayel, that Chayel, the Baal Shem Tov, Kisavi, the Baal Shem Tov, went on about the Pasuk Kum Yehidi, and on Chavheel, Shadow once again made a big Suda, and spoke about the union of Brismila, on the eighth day, Yim Hashmini Yim Abisar on the eighth day, he should be circumcised. The following years, the Baruch came very often. Hashem would question about the child's development. Hashem also warned him not to inform the other students that he had been blessed with a son. This child should be kept out of public view as much as possible. When Shazamun the Rebbe turned three, they wanted very much to bring him to the Hashem to cut his hair. Hashem acquiesced, however, said on a very, very quiet note, nobody should know about it. And he came, and they cut, and also the Hashem said, the child should not know who I am. They brought the child, and the child, the Balshanta, made it, cut his hair, made payas. According to Amyemi, the Balshanta kissed out Rebbe on his forehead, and that heat radiated throughout his life on his forehead. 
On the way home, obviously, they asked, the child asked, who was that that just cut my hair and made me pay us? And all they told them was Zayda. Ultimately, the Al-Tarebbe referred to the Vashem HaKadosh as Zayda, being that the Vashem taught the Merzich Magid, the Magid was a disciple of the Al-Vashem and the Al-Tarebbe became a disciple of the Magid, and therefore in turn considering him a spiritual Zayda. Hashem elaborated great length about what his, over the years, if he ever cried, sadly, what he was crying about. The fact that the Sultan knew about this great holy Neshama and was holding back. And now Baruch Hashem, the special Neshama is here in the world. At three years old, nobody understood what and when. It was very all esoterical at the time. And now Avraham Avinu recognized Abishtha at three years old. Vashem Tov elaborated about this great Neshama that came to the Alter Rebbe and so did the Magid. And both spoke of the great Messias Nefesh Abnegation that this neshama would have to pers- would have to endure in order to bring about what needed to be brought into the world. This, in a nutshell, is chayel. Let's not lose focus. This week's Shabbos Pashas Kisavai, which I didn't even mention that yet. Halfway through this year. Wonderful. Be when you come to the land of You will settle there and you will inherit and you will settle there. Says Rashi, Magid, why is it talking about that you will inherit and you will settle? comes to teach us they were not obligated to bring Bikurim which is the first mitzvah talked about in Pashki Yisavay until they inherited they inherited and divided conquered, inherited and divided the land In Pasha Shalach already, way back when, Rashi explained, every time it says arriving in the Teda, the Pasuk enumerates, it's not one of them, this is not after, only after, the inheritance and the settling. Afkul and Cain, this is therefore every time it talks about anything that had to happen, any mitzvah, 
had to happen after the inheritance of the land was settled. So we know this already. Way before it says Kisavi Alaritz. That it has to be Yerusha and Yeshiva has to be inherit, they have to conquer and they have to settle. Why does the Pesach have to tell us again and why does Rashi therefore we understand, we understand why is Rashi again explaining it over here. Rashi speaks to the Ben Chomesh the Mikra. The little boy learning Torah as prescribed in the Mishnah Brikhiovis, Ben Chomesh the Mikra, five years old, start learning Torah. Unless, of course, you're subjugated to um, universal pre-K. And therefore, you can't start learning Torah until you're about seven. Ben Chomesh the Mikrashtayt. at five years old no B'chomesh the Mikra is learning the Pasuk B'chomesh the Mikra sees the Pasuk and says I gotta understand exactly what's going on here and so Rashi is the champion, as we said, in the Chomish Mikra. And Rashi explains exactly how and why the Pasuk said here and what it means. So by Rashi again reiterating an explanation which he already said back in Shalach, we need to understand why. Because the Chomish Mikra is quite astute. So much so that he remembers learning it in Shalach. Now if you told it to me in Shalach, why are you telling it to me again now? Look at what Rashi says. Let's take us. The, let's take the words. Magid comes to tell us they were not obligated bikurim until after they inherited, conquered, and settled. Till everything was divided up properly. Conquering <coughs> and dividing up the proper inheritance to each person was not an overnight process. As a matter of fact, it took 14 years from when they even first stepped foot into the land until they conquered and divided the entire land. No. So if these first families came into Eretz Yisrael and settled in their land. And this is what the Tehidah says, that when you will come into the land, you will be high of the mitzvah of Bikurim. So you will be obligated to stop bringing Bikurim the first, the first fruits. In that case, I would think, I'm settled. And therefore, I need to take care of, start doing the Mitzvah Bikurim. Tells us the Tata, no. The reason. Here's what I found online. 
the reason for reiterating, the reason for saying it again, is because every single yid had to be settled. When every yid was in his home, when every yid had his place, then a yid had to bring Bikurim, started to bring Bikurim. It was contingent on the entire Kal Yisrael being settled. Similarly, we found before, when Ruvain, God, and Chatzashev Menashe, wanted to settle on the other end side of the Yardin, Moshe said, Oh, really? Your brethren are going to go fighting and killing themselves for to conquer a land. And you're going to sit here in your pasture, drinking pina coladas in the sun. How does that add up? No, they said, we're going to go forefront. We'll leave our wives and children and our flock here. And we're coming with everybody else and we're going to go to war. And make sure everybody has their home. Taylor therefore is telling us the mitzvah of Bikurim. How can I stand up and bring my first fruits to Yerushalayim, Yerakedesh, to the Holy Temple only when I know that all my brothers are settled and they all are happy and they all have their inheritance and everybody is calm. Only then are you now able to allow yourself the luxury of living and enjoying the Bikurim and everything else that is so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu blesses the land with. Only when we are one, only when we are united, only when we know our fellow Jew is in a good place. It's El. We need to prepare for Rosh Hashanah. We need to prepare for the month. There's a spiritual preparation, there's a physical preparation. preparation. Needless to say, we all are very aware of all the different organizations that help out the Tzarechim, the Tzarechim, those who need help for Yom Tov, people with Baruch Hashem, Kenayin Ahara, large families, and the father and mother's both working and they still can't bring in a proper parnasa. But people with only one or two children, but still either he's sitting and learning or he just doesn't have the job that takes the buy to pay for everything they need. And therefore there are a multitude of organizations, Baruch Hashem, Chaste Hashem, Mi Kamcha Yisrael Gechad Baretz, who is like the Jewish nation, 
all the organizations that are out there to help and to subsidize families. And then we have, of course, the people out of sight, out of mind, our shluchim, our brethren, the shluchim throughout the world, that also are struggling. And they need to. Besides what they're going to make for the people, for all the people that they're inviting to their meals, so that the people should be partaking in a yumptive meal, should dip their apple in the honey, and should hear the Tkiyah Shefer, and the Sanatekev. They still have their own expenses. They still have to pay for their Chabarah, still have to pay for their Shul, for their home, for their Mikveh. So that day will come that I hope that my voice will be heard by somebody that has somebody of means and that can really indeed help and there are many people that I know of well, very well or should I even say to my own family the family and they need help can we help all of them? no we can't we unfortunately only have what we can but there is person everyone we all have to know that whoever those Baruch Hashem that are benched with money have to remember that money was given to them by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so that when your fellow Yid comes to you and says I need I need Tzarich then you have to give the portion that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you to hold on for them And those that attack a blessed can give a check for twenty, thirty thousand dollars without a problem, they wouldn't even know what happened. But we don't put our faith in the big rich people, the wealthy people. The person that doesn't have the shua. <laughs> a little mini miracle this week. A dear friend of mine's birthday your friend slash cousin and he's on his way to the hill and it was an awkward hour and he was looking for somebody who he could he talk to at this hour and he realized my son in New Zealand must be awake so he was texting him he says I'm going to the hill for my birthday send me the name your family send me a letter and I'll take it for you today which he did And as the man was standing in the hill, he was davening, as he tore up this man's pan, my son's pan, he took a picture of the matzeva. At that very moment, my son gets a phone call from one of the people in Australia that he's been trying to contact for a while. For some reason, he didn't know if he was avoiding him or what was happening. 
man calls him up. He says, Mandel was Tutzach. And they exchanged pleasantries. And then he says, Mandel says, I need help. Ah, okay, I'll give you, I'll send you $2,000. It's an amount. Not bad, considering when he places his meat order in, in Australia to get meat for Yamta for the whole month, it's going to be about $26,000. Not bad, considering he's trying to build a mikveh. I mean, listen, he could have sent them a cup of water for the mikveh. But hey, to start, $2,000. And he says, oh, okay. And the guy realized, all right, this is not going to make it. All right, Mandel, I'm going to send you 10000 <laughs> and he says it's going to stretch me a little thin but I'll, I'll send you 10 because he's not the multi-millionaire Baruch Hashem is well to do probably and he's sending him this man randomly will stand up in shul in Australia by a mincha in the middle of the day and give a bang on a bima and say, Chevre, you gotta send money to Man- Rabbi Mandel Hecht in New Zealand. <laughs> this is each and every part of land that has to be conquered. And every one of us has to be settled so that we can sit down and we can thank Hashem for whatever bountiful, bountifulness HaKadosh Baruch Hu blessed us with. And in that schus, we should taka bizeche to the ksiva we all should be inscribed in the book of life happiness, health, wealth and Yimali Hashem kom mishalis libeinu l'tayva l'vrach let's get back to the parasha oof v'hayak yisavei al-aretz coming to the land of Hashem l'kecha neisun l'cho God is giving you nachla for inheritance as we just said v'yirishta v'shavtabo Two thousand twenty two. Tafshin Pei going into Pei Gimel. What does this have to do with me? How do I serve God any better on the fact that the Jews went into Israel inherited the land? Esoterically speaking, Chassid is explaining. This talks about the Neshama coming down onto the world, onto this physical world. The Neshama coming down is tremendous, tremendous drop from a very, very high place above to the low of low on this earth. But yet it says, which is an expression of joy. It's a pretty shocking thing. That's joy. It's joyous for the Neshama to come down from the highest of high to the lowest of low. Is that joy? What kind of joy could that possibly be? And the Pasuk says, 
Asher Hashem Elikecho Nisim Loch. God, your God is giving you. This arrival is from Hashem. And Memele, it's clear that this is all good. It's not a real Yerida. It's all good because this is what Hashem has in His master plan. The person is going to complain. I, the Nishama is going to complain upon him. I'm not what I was. In this world, I need to be involved in worldly matters as well. So it's a tremendous drop for me, a tremendous lowering of level. So the Pasuk again is reminding us that this is all from Hashem. Hashem is giving it to you. We're not given, we're not created to be subservient to the world. Rather, the world was given to us through Hashem. And all these physical mundane things in the world cannot disrupt us. Because Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael, needs to be shalit, needs to be, to, to rule over these things. <clears throat> but not in a morbid way. Adra with simcha, with joy. A person now has the capacity, capability, to take whatever is in this world, no matter where we are, no matter how we find ourselves, and no matter how severe it feels and the surroundings are to us, and to elevate it to a level that is beyond understanding of the human mind. The person still says, but where is the simchi? What kind of joy do you expect me to have? If a person truly devotes and dedicates themselves and works on it, and not just accepts what's going through their, their mind and their head, HaKadosh Baruch is giving and completes and fulfills on the world, and the person accepts, the person is not just going through the motions, And the proof is, the Pasuk tells us, V'yirashta. It's not a gift, it's a Yerusha, it's an inheritance. And by inheritance, the heir is literally in the stead of the person that left the inheritance. Every Jew has and is a part of the Ebishter. See, right in the beginning of Tanya, the, first, the second Pedic. The Mela, 
It's not we're complacently accepting what our lot is. But this is part of me. This is what I'm here for. Since the person doesn't feel this, that he's a chedek that he's part of God, the pastor continues, we shafta bo. Yeshiva, if you can score it on the Gemara Megillah, Chafala from Ralef, ain't Yeshiva ele ikva. He's saying seating means you're bolted down. You're here to stay. The Neshama has an obligation to hold itself here, to tardy itself in this world, and to involve themselves in Yon Elam, to elevate them, and to purify them. And the person will feel their true, their true success. They will feel their true self-value. They will feel how holy their neshama is really. And therefore they will be able to get through the feeling and understand that Vahoya means Vusimcha. So if someone asks you to take them to the oil, someone asks you to daven for them, someone asks you to come learn with them, someone asks you to teach them about you know Aleph Beis, I only know Aleph, teach me Beis as well. Understand it's a mission that HaKadosh Baruch is giving you and putting you into and therefore there's nothing too hard to do. And we praise God for everything. We say every morning we wake up, But then we also say later, We're praising to you. The Mitzvah Bikurim is a way of praise and thank, thankful to God as you bring the Bikurim to HaKadosh Baruch Hu on all the good and plentiful that He has done with us. So the Mitzvah, when it comes to the Mitzvah of bringing Bikurim, we find two opinions. If it's an obligation that starts only after the land is conquered, or as soon as you come into the land. And these two opinions, although we said before, everybody has to be conquered and settled in the land. That's the ultimate opinion. These two opinions, though, have a, diff- a different kind, each one has its own connotation to how we serve Hashem. And two different ways of praising God. Praising immediately is wake up in the morning. We got our, we received our Hashem in return. We say, "May Dani lefanecha, shechzati b'nishmasi." I don't come to any great conclusions. I didn't see anything really happening. I didn't. I know I woke up in the morning. I have to thank God. There's no time now to even start thinking or, or getting into this. This is what the heart tells us to do. Then in the middle of davening, or the beginning of davening, we start again praising God. And several other times throughout the tefillah, 
And Shmeresu, we say, Moidim Anachtuloch. Till the finish Shmeresu, we come to the end of Davinim, we say, Ach Tzadikim Yedil Shmecham. We've thought this through right now. I got this. Everything that we have, all the kavanas that we have during davening, through thinking and thanking Hashem, <coughs> before the tefillah, the person has to think of the greatness of God, as Shachanarach says. And by thinking it, when we daven, we praise God properly. This is therefore the difference of the two opinions of Bikurim and Atera. One says we hold that the praiseworthy of the Bikurim is immediately after you go into Etzisrael, just like Medani. Just like saying Medani, you wake up in the morning, no questions asked, no airs about it. Medani Fenech. Mashiach in the second one holds no way to think it through. After you conquered and everybody settled in the land, now I look around me. I've got my neighbors. I know the next town and town and town and town over Baruch Hashem Yidna settled all over. And there's no Jew left behind. <clears throat> Feel a different thanks to God, different thanks to Hashem. And therefore this comes just like at the end of Tefillah, to the concentration. And this is therefore a praise, a praise worthy to Hashem by going into and understanding deeply what Hashem has given us, what Hashem has blessed us with. So again as we go in, the Slichas, Matzah Shabbos, the Rebbe spoke to Sikha once about going into Slichas Vakadikahit. Unfortunately, generation today has taken it to a whole different level. As we just explained now, how one needs to concentrate on what their life is all about, focus on where we are, so that we go into Slichas with joy, with happiness. No need for anything, any outside substance to make us that way, bring us that way. We're just happy. Thank you, Hashem. Made the We are thankful to Hashem in a higher level than made Ani the Fanecha, where we just say it because we know we need to praise Hashem. But in a level that we know that we've done, and we've been, and we've gone through. We've had the Shabbos before Slichas. We've built ourselves up. To a level where we're davening and we're saying slichas matzoi menucha kinam nucha, and we talk and merit all to aksiva vachsima teva shana teva mesuka. We've inscribed all the book of life, many many happy years, longevity, and those who need whatever they need, sheduchim, children, sustenance, money, even if it means they need riches. May Hashem bless us all and we all be happy with what our friend and neighbor has and plentiful etc. etc. Kut
Shabbos, and once again the Ksiva, Achsiva Teva, Shana Teva, Mesukim, 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 Mesuk